From Redeemer Church Norman, you're listening to the Gospel Coaching Podcast, a spiritual formation podcast about engaging culture at the intersection of the gospel and our daily lives. This week, we're talking about Easter as a religious and a cultural event. I'm Josh Caudill, and I'm joined by Pastors Andy McDonald and Paul Kingery. How are you guys doing this week? Doing well. Yeah, doing great. Thanks. Good, good. Big week. We got a lot of things going on. What is going on? Well, we had Redeemer's first Passover Seder ever. Wow, that was pretty neat, wasn't it? It was pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it was cool. And we uh, are, we have Good Friday service coming up. What day is that? Uh, That would be Friday. Okay, good. Make sure it's on my calendar. Okay, Okay, good. Friday. Uh, It's not a Monday, Thursday service. Oh. Did you say Monday or Monday? (laughs) That's the joke. Uh Oh. Really wow. <laughs> so, oh man but yeah and then um the youth are egging houses yeah in celebration Sounds on dangerous. saturday mm-hmm. uh, it's just they're it's just a cute name for them putting eggs out so that kids can gotcha can wake up and and go gotcha. easter egg hunting uh on easter morning that is fun and then easter morning services and um just a lot of fun stuff going on this week. yeah really neat um okay so let me ask you guys when it comes to easter is it a thing for you guys to get a new shirt or something like that? Because I always got like a new outfit growing up or, you know, like my mom, because she's super kind, always gets Taryn a new Easter dress and my sister an Easter dress every Easter. She's kind of stopped doing that for me. Not the dress. I don't get dresses, but you don't like, get an Easter dress. So I love my mom. This, no this, this is not Do me. Do we have any pictures of you in listen, an Easter dress? Listen, this is not me calling my mom because she is super kind and she spoils me in other ways. But now I kind of, when it's time for Easter, I go to old Navy to the clearance section and I usually find like a, a really solid deal, like a $7 shirt on an Easter just, dress. No, <laughs> well, dressing for Easter. Yes. Dressing uh, for, yeah. Yes, okay. On that's an Easter dress. Yes, that's exactly. Um, so yeah. So for me, I'm curious what you guys do, but I, I'm, I've kind of started going to the Old Navy clearance area because they have just some great deals on shirts. Okay, but before we do that, have you ever worn white pants on Easter? Oh, you know what? In high school, I had yellow capris. Wow. Exactly. That was pre-beard. So like I didn't pre-beard. have the beard to kind of, to kind of make face. up for Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had some capris. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. All right, what about you, Josh? What about Easter clothes? I I don't think that growing up, Easter clothing was ever really a thing for our family. And so whenever I like heard about people like... So you oh, guys yeah, we didn't went... wear clothes? <laughs> we wore the, our regular <laughs> this, clothing, you know? This podcast is taking a weird <laughs> a turn already. Okay. okay. But so. when I heard people talking about, like, oh, yeah, we went shopping for our Easter clothing, I was like, what on earth is Easter clothing? Like, did our church just not, like, wear the Easter clothing that you had to wear for the Easter service? But it's just, like, nice clothing. I understand now. Yeah, okay. Churches you grew up in, Easter hats, without a big deal, Easter hats. This is my, the, the first time I've heard about Easter hats. Re- oh, Probably. yeah. Big, big time. Easter hats. You have to wear have to wear a hat at Easter. Is that with the flowers and everything in them? Yes, I, okay. I think so. I, I've never worn one. I'm not we sure. Are, we're yeah. not experts on Easter hats. I'm not no, familiar. Not if you're looking that. for the Easter hats podcast, you've turned to the wrong yes, stream. Hats, not so much. <laughs> okay, I'm with you though. I, so I'm different. We had a new Easter outfit every yes. single year. Uh, I remember the oddest thing I got in my Easter basket because I kept complaining about I don't like the Easter shirts. They're itchy. Was oh. in my Easter basket. I actually got a new watch. Wow! So I got an Easter watch. I want to nice. grow up in your house. <laughs> I, cool. I love watches. It was pretty cool. Although I think it's funny that 
my new Easter outfit um, has gone by the wayside. Mm. Oh, no. Because now with our family, it's we need to get the kids a new Easter outfit or our, our their grandparents are getting them a new Easter outfit. And my wife goes, oh, I need to get a new Easter dress to match them. And I say, so what do I need to go get? And she said, go to your closet and pick out that shirt. That's harsh. And I said, okay. So I understand my <laughs> the pecking order. It's okay. Sure, it's, sure. I mean, that, that's there's there's 147 in our family. So yeah, yeah like, there is quite a few. You yeah. don't you don't can't quite spend that much money on that. But it, no, it was a thing. So and I, I do to, think it's interesting. I need to start going and getting Easter shirts while I don't have kids. Yes, I'm still. And please don't come to church on Sunday morning if you don't have a new shirt on. Okay. That's okay. What it's all about. It is. Well, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about today. Is yeah, like yeah, yeah. We have kind of these cultural things about Easter. Easter egg hunts. Our, our youth are, are doing that as a fundraiser. Right. Uh, new shirts on Easter. Do y'all have any other Easter kind of just family traditions? Did y'all have a big meal on Easter? Yeah. My, uh, my sister always has a big dinner at her house. Uh, we would sort of like cycle through like Easter dinner would be at one sibling's house and Thanksgiving would be at my other sister's house and we'd do Christmas at my parents' house. So. They still do that. They still have Easter dinner at my sister's house every year. Is it the same dish? Because like Thanksgiving it is, it is, is the always exact turkey. Exact same meal. Every single dish is identical year to year. We're, we're a it's reliable just family. It's just a bowl full of chocolate bunnies, and it's, you guys. It's the just... same. It's like turkey or ham or whatever, and then there will be like turkey or ham. That's not the same then. I mean, well, I don't. One year it could be. Turkey. I don't eat the meat. I don't remember what meat is there. <laughs> uh, there's okay, I like a potato saying. casserole and like. Uh, carrots and yams or something. I feel like all of the meals almost are, are identical. But maybe, maybe, they, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting something important. Do you eat chocolate on Easter? I do. Well, since I eat chocolate every day, <laughs> it ends it's not up that being, different. It's not that sure, different. No. Sure. This is me just horribly setting up a statistic that I have that I oh, want to no. All right. So Americans spend 1.9 billion dollars. On Easter candy. Wow. 70% of Easter candy purchased is chocolate. And 76% of all Americans think that the ears of the chocolate bunny should be eaten first. Interesting. There you go. Well, let's wrap it up right there. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's some solid spiritual formation information right it's there. Incredible. But isn't it kind of fascinating that you have that kind of a, a, a cultural phenomenon at Easter mm-hmm. and then then you have a, a religious phenomenon of Easter and th- this happens also I feel like at Christmas but in, in Christmas whenever I ca- the story's similar what is Christmas about oh that's the celebrating of Jesus being born I really do feel like at Easter it's different stories mm-hmm. you have you're talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus and how that changes everything but the cultural conversation seems more about getting new clothes and springtime and, and Easter and yeah. connecting it to new life. And so uh, where do y'all think that comes from? Why do you think there is that difference of a story told at Easter? We use terminology in in culture, like, oh, we're gearing up for Easter. You know, like that's something that we start to say. We But we say that for Christmas too. But but in the church, I mean, we've also, we've used that language of we're, we're gearing up. We're gearing up for Easter because this becomes a time of, of renewal. And, I mean, for us in the church, it's a time of resurrection. And it's weird because, you know, Easter is literally, I mean, we've said this before, it's just an everyday thing for us as believers. And so 
we carry with us at all times, just an everyday resurrection, you know, which the world, you know, we, we say things like that and the world's like, okay, that's, that's beyond. We just wanted to say this is a cultural holiday, yeah. uh, Easter bunny type situation. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I answered the question well, really. No, but... <laughs> I, I think you're saying there's kind of a motivation toward the holiday. It kind of feels like a different time. Uh, I, I don't know about just just in kind of the weather in our area. Like, I feel like our kids have been stuck inside for the hmm. last four months. And then yeah. Easter comes around and you, we start to get back outside and be able to run. And so it is kind of just a springtime, kind of an opening up a more of a social time. Right. But I'm just kind of intrigued by the idea of when we celebrate Christmas. And yeah, I guess there's Santa Claus and and that. But it seems to me that the cultural story is this historical figure, Jesus, was born. I feel like in Easter, it's a little bit harder for a culture if they don't believe in Jesus Christ saying, oh, he rose from the dead. He was crucified on a cross. Right. For my sins. I, I, so I feel like it gets to a little bit more of, it is a time of kind of a separation. I wonder if part of the reason that we can make sort of broader connections with Christmas than with Easter is that there's some, there's some more common ground. And that yeah. like for Christians and for secular people, Christmas is about family and like coming together and like being with each other. And that's for Christians connected to the Christmas story and that like we, yeah. we understand what Jesus is. Yeah. arrival on earth means for our community as the body of believers but for easter the message is more specific which is that jesus is risen from the dead which leads us right to action that that means that we have a call as a church to be a part of this resurrective activity in the kingdom of god and that's not something that is as broad as i, I think that's harder for a secular yeah. community to connect with there's a secular, like you're talking about, there's a commonality with the birth of Christ. No one really disputes that. Now, they might dispute, like, virgin birth or yeah. not. And yeah. so, like, but there's Miracles still a, around it, but they yeah, go, okay, a, he was born. Commonality, there. he's born. Yeah. But you're right, like, we get to the resurrection of Christ, and that's where people are like, yeah, you lost me on that because that can't happen, you know? Sure. Well, and I think the idea of resurrection, the idea of, of renewal, and spring and, and things growing and, and coming back to life kind of feels like the outside and nature is doing that. I, I think that's a commonality, but it really does get to a watershed point. Mm -hmm. Tim Keller said this. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything that he said? Mm -hmm. If Jesus rose from the dead, it changes everything. And so there is that commonality, but I really do think it, it kind of like if Jesus did raise from the dead, which is what we celebrate at Easter, then it has to affect everything that we do. Absolutely. It has to, it has to inform right. that. I mean, Paul said it this way and saying, listen, if Jesus didn't in first Corinthians 15, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we're to be pitied most of all mm -hmm. that really Christianity doesn't have the the core of it the core of it is that jesus conquered the grave right. yeah. when i think like to go off of first corinthians 15 you know there's an apologetic built into that even like so before that 
chapter 15, verses starting in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And in verse 6 he says, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are alive, though some have fallen asleep. So it's, it's also for us as believers to be like, there was, there was a big eyewitness event right here. You know, this yeah. happened. Yeah. And so I think we, as believers, we kind of can, if we're not careful, we can shy away and be like, you know, yes, resurrection is a crazy deal. This is weird. But we, we can also look to the scriptures and be like, this is this is his, his historical. I mean, this happened. Like, there were people that interacted with Christ after he had been dead, you know, for three days. And so. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it gets down to some practical things that we can do as Christians. Um a guy named Ben Conley and, and Bob Roberts talked about, uh, I thought gave a, re- a really practical uh, view of, of what conversations can look like in this. And they said this, that, that when you talk to people who don't believe, you talk to them the same way that you talk to other believers. You discuss hobbies and passions and work and, and whatever you talk about, when it, you just talk about kind of what you talk about and that 95% of the conversation is going to be the same because mm-hmm. you have this kind of cultural overlap. But then at some point there is an opportunity to be able to have a pivot point and say, no, and I, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Sure. And that changed everything. Yeah. And that's not a, a, a to me what Easter does is it kind of gives us a, a cultural open door to be able to do that. And so I, I would like to, Ask y'all, how can you plan to use that open door, that that connection point, that bridge between something that is uniquely biblical, orthodox, and the core of Christianity that Jesus rose from the dead? If if there's an open door to that in kind of a cultural Easter, how do you walk through that? Practically, how, how do you feel like you can walk through that? A few weeks ago, I had to have a conversation with someone about some experience that a family member of theirs had had in church when they were younger where they'd sort of experienced a lot of judgment for some decisions they'd made and they they just had a bad experience with church and we talked about what's frustrating about that and this person wasn't a religious person and sort of explained why their family never really was religious and it was connected to that and we got to sort of like commiserate over how it can be really discouraging when churches look at the bible and what they deem that it is is like a a tool for judgment or or a way to just decide who's in and out mm-hmm. of their of sort of like a religious club. Yeah. And I got to sort of explain that like for me the Bible is a story of hope and I think that the Easter moment, the resurrection moment is the pinnacle of the scripture's tale of redemption that yeah. Yeah. God's God's working up to something big all throughout the Old and New Testament and then his disciples as well as us reading look at this and we don't entirely get it. And then Jesus dies and it looks a little bit hopeless, but he comes back and we realize like, okay, not even death, not even the fall from the beginning of time had victory over the creation of God. Right. Well, and I do think that hope is, is a great thing that, that kind of uh, walks through that door. Paul, what about you? I agree. So I think that we're kind of wading into evangelism a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think at the, at the core, you know, the, the, the average believer is dealing with the fear of rejection, I would think. And so I think there's this thing of, you know, I'm, I'm just scared that 
I'm going to lose a relationship mm. over this or something. And yeah. so I heard a guy say, um, you know, if we're if, if if we really think that our evangelism is going to cause a friend or a coworker or a neighbor or something to just completely um, cut us off from any type of friendship, then maybe what we're doing isn't necessarily the, the we're not doing it the right way necessarily. Yeah. That's really um, bad. That's a really bad process. It's a bad process. Through, yeah. But but I also like you know hold the tension you know. In, in, in John 15, you know, Jesus says, you know, hey, if, if they hated me, like, they could hate you. If they persecuted mm-hmm. me, they're going to persecute you. And so um, we're sharing in that with Christ. So if, if we, he shares in that with us, he sends the helper of the Holy Spirit, like, there's nothing to fear. Like, we will fear. Like, we will fear rejection. Um, but we don't need to do that. We don't have to fear um, because he's promised the helper. He's actually said that, you know, the the Holy Spirit's actually going to bear witness and testify about me, like to that person through you. So it's not even you, anyways, that's testifying, which I think is powerful and helpful when we get nervous or we think that we're going to stumble through something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think one of the uh, best things uh, to do and to be able to kind of talk about at Easter is uh, kind of the idea of one doubting yourself. Of really framing Easter in your need for it rather than other people's need for it. Because as Christians, we need Easter too. We need to remember the resurrection. Sure. I need, I have these needs. I have these areas that are broken and hard. And I trust that the Jesus that walked out of the grave, that death can't even defeat, that I can trust him with these broken things in my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's that one downing really it changes the conversation because it's not a, it's not an argument. I mean, you can say I'm wrong, but okay. I mean, there's not really a point I can argue. Yeah. And so I really kind of think a lot of times talking about Easter and pointing it toward your need for Easter. Yeah. And I think some of that is just going simply saying, I'm going to church on Easter. I'm going to go attend. Why? Because I need it. And that becomes a great way of evangelism that really, I don't think it can be a sword that divides. And somebody goes, I don't believe that. And so it really divides that. But I don't think it has to be something that angers them. I, I don't think we argue people to Christ. I, I think we witness people coming to Christ. And Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to tell the story of what I've done in your life. And I, I think sometimes, and I love that idea of evangelism is, Listen, invite someone to go to church with you. Not because you really need that. You go, hey, do you want to come with me? I really need this. I really need to hear this. I'd love for you to come with me and do this. This is beneficial to me. And so I think a lot of times that request for to church, we say, you, this would be really good for you. Or even sometimes we'll say, you would really even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wouldn't. But you go, I really enjoy it. As my friend, will you come with me? And we'll go eat lunch afterwards, and you can ask me questions about it. Yeah. I think a lot of times that becomes a really engaging way of doing that. Yeah. All right, kind of last thing I wanted to ask you this is, I think another thing that we can do is simply over-explain the Christian things that we do during this time. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you doing for Easter? Oh, I'm going to church on Friday and Sunday. Explain that. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we have code words and we have... We have ways of talking. We're like, oh, I'm going to a good Friday service, a Monday, Thursday service. Oh, I've been a part of a Passover Seder during Passion Week and Holy Week and Lent. 
all these yeah lint oh yeah right? what did you do for lint you know and i'm fasting yeah. and we kind of use all these words that i think are really uh, they're very helpful they're they're good for us mm-hmm. and, and i think later we're going to do a whole podcast on talking about some of those that that jargon that we use as christians yeah. but i think specifically especially when you have that cultural connection is how do you over explain what we're doing? So I think we're going to end and I'm going to ask both of y'all to over explain something to me. Oh no. So Josh, we're starting with you. I want you to over explain what is Good Friday because you're leading our music. You're leading the, the music that we're going to sing at our Good Friday service. Sure. That happens on Friday. It does. <laughs> Seven o'clock here at the events at Madison Square. We'd love to have everyone join us. Yeah, please come. Little little plug. But what's Good Friday? Good Friday is the day that we recognize the death of Jesus. Jesus who is born and we celebrate at Christmas, uh, Son of God, and who lived a life that didn't earn him the death that he got, uh, mm-hmm. but he willingly accepted it as part of his mission uh, that he was sent uh by god the father uh, to come and be a sacrifice and be a part of not a part the final climactic part of the redemptive story of, of god bringing salvation to his people so he comes and he lives his life and demonstrates that the ways of the world and the wisdom and power of the world are not true wisdom and power that uh the first will become last and the last will become first and the way that he tells that story most powerfully is that he comes into jerusalem as a king who rides on a donkey, not on a mighty horse. Uh, And instead of taking up power and a golden crown, he wears a crown of thorns. And instead of ruling over people with an iron fist, uh, he's put up on a cross and crucified to demonstrate that death is not ultimately victorious because though he dies and we mourn his death on Good Friday, we know the end of the story is not Good Friday, but Easter Sunday. So why are you participating in a Good Friday service? That's uh, that's good news. I get the good part. That was yeah. that was that is good to hear. That what does that mean to you? Why do you? Why are you putting time and effort? You're putting a lot of time and effort into this to be able to do a good job and be a part of it. Why? Easter is like a culmination of the hope that Christianity offers, but yeah. that hope. It's hard to really feel the weight of that hope if you don't feel the weight of. Mm-hmm the death of Christ on Friday. If you don't try and put yourself in the shoes of the disciples who saw Christ die and didn't know completely what the end of the story was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does us some good to have a a celebration that is maybe a little bit less hopeful. And we try and feel the weight of the weight of Christ's death uh, as we await his resurrection. That sounds amazing. Can I come? Please. We'll be (laughs) there at seven. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Um, All right, Paul. So then we have Easter Sunday. Mm. But at the end of Easter Sunday, we do something that we call the Lord's Supper mm. or communion mm-hmm. or uh, there's lots of, of different things. What What is that? So so maybe so I'm, I'm coming in. Mm. At the end, everybody starts kind of standing up and doing stuff. What What's going on there? During the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Yeah. So that's us sharing in um, what the disciples did with Jesus, sharing in. You know, we say, you know, as people come to take of the Lord's Supper, as they come up, um, this is his body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of him. Um, and so just as we participate in the Good Friday service, you know, kind of as Josh said, like, well, this is good because, like, he died for me. So he said, my life for your life. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's coupled with this, like, 
this angst and this 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 sadness of well if my life is preserved well someone had to die for that so in any case where there's a sacrifice that's yeah. sad you know because you're you're preserved in that but that mm -hmm. life is taken um and so it's just a time to and so that's something we take with us it's something we remind each other of as we leave the the building that we're in is um christ did this for you um yeah. let's remember this let's be about this let's let's taste this let's 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 eat this um something physically tangible we can do together as a church so i don't know if that yeah helps, but no I, I think those are the things that sometimes if we've done them before mm -hmm. we assume that everybody understands what we're talking about sure yeah. and, and i think assuming the good news of jesus is the antithesis of evangelism and yeah. of being a witness to Christ. And some, sometimes we just go, oh, well, I'm sure everybody else understands. Especially, <laughs> oh, everybody's celebrating Easter. Yeah, but somebody's building, oh, I've, this is a complete and terrible setup for another statistic that I love, is that somebody goes, oh, I celebrate Easter. And what they mean is that they go and build a three-ton chocolate bunny. That, that was one time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And so go, oh, yeah, I love Easter. Yeah, and they're talking about a chocolate bunny, and we're going, no, 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 hold on. We're talking about a king that, that loves us so much that he mm. died for us and that we gather together because he rose again, and then we remember that he died for us through his, his, the bread, and we say that this is his body, and we remember that it was broken, but then we take a cup, and we remember that we have victory and promises that the right. Bible tells us. Like, there's so much in that yeah. that I think, I, if I could just encourage people is that, that we have this on our lips, that we're telling this story. Hmm. It is the story of our salvation. It is the story of, of our redemption. I, yeah. And just to add to that, like, I, I think there's a, uh, there's a stewardship involved. So like, hmm. you know, God's entrusted to us yeah. this story. And, and again, like, uh, we have that fear of rejection. And so, um, I think we, we just forget that, okay, if, if we bring it all serious. So if, if someone's talking about a chocolate bunny and we're like, Jesus died for you, um, that may be something that, that causes them to uh, pause and be like, this is uncomfortable. Um, but man, like maybe there's a seed planted. Maybe there's, mm -hmm. when their head hits the pillow that night, there's this moment of like, that was awkward, you know? And that was that was kind of real. Um, but that's what I mean. That's that's kind of how our, our Savior went, went forward was dealing with, awkwardly with people mm -hmm. and, and just asking them hard questions and uh, so i think it, it comes down to stewardship you know um how do we how do we steward what we have the things that god's given us namely our our, our salvation and resurrection life like how do we how do we tell people about that you know yeah well and how great those things are i, mm -hmm. I love the fun that's around easter it, it's fun mm -hmm. to it's a blast to to be able to do those things but we go oh man there's so, something so much greater yeah. and i want to share that with you and i hope that that's what we can do that we can share that this week. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. For more information about Redeemer Church, visit our website at redeemerchurch.cc, where you can find information about our regroups, listen to our current sermon series, and follow our weekly blog posts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Redeemer Norman. Our prayer is that you would continue this conversation with your family and your community. God be with you this week.